Pete Golding is hitting the ground running. We talk about hires, potential hires, and of course, deadline day is here for the transfer portal. It's going to be an unbelievable day, potentially. Stick around. You are locked on Ole Miss. Your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, thanks for tuning in for the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. I am your host, Stephen Willis, and also thank you for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. Do us a favor, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell, and of course, participate by commenting down below and upvoting the video itself. Pete Golding has hit the ground running. There's hires being made left and right, all kinds of stuff that... We might see what's going after the transfer portal. We see how this is going together. But the main name that came out was Wes Neighbors. He's a defensive back coach at Maryland. And he worked with Golding at Alabama. You're going to hear a common theme about working with Golding at Alabama. And he's going to come in and recruit and do all the stuff you're supposed to do. Remember, just like strength coaches and everything else, whoever comes in is going to get your guys bigger, stronger, and faster than the one that just left. That's the way that college sports works. But West Neighbors has a chance to get Ole Miss's defensive backfield in the right position. And when it comes to the corners in this Ole Miss systems, there is a question of exactly how they will be forced to play next season. Now, the reason I bring that up is Ole Miss and the 326 was so much drop eight. Everybody knows about the drop eight. That's the where the three-man front came from is the drop eight. And because of that, the Ole Miss team played a ton of zone. They were mainly a zone team. And Pete Golding comes from Alabama, previous to that, UTSA, and over the last four or five years, they've played a bunch of man-free. They've played a bunch of two-man. Those things come up, and it's diametrically opposed to the way Ole Miss played back seven defense before this hire. So that is the reason I bring up Wes Neighbors and the experience he has coaching that Alabama system. It, I've had sources tell me that Pete Colding was going to kind of do his own thing, but the fact and the that he's looking at former Alabama guys and guys that he could bring in makes me think that maybe they're going to play more of that Alabama system than they're letting on at the moment. I mean, it will absolutely be thing. And, you know, cornerbacks, DeAndre Prince, John Saunders, I think um, Deshaun Gaddy is visiting right now from um, North Texas, an all-conference player. Um, where Ole Miss is going to lose Davis and Igmanosin. Ole Miss is going to lose Tysheem Johnson. That's just the consequence of this game we play now and the way it's built at this moment. You lose a coach, you're going to lose players. That's just the way it works. So looking at that cornerback position and exactly how they are set up is going to be a big key. Is it going to be more of a John Saunders with the physical thing? Put him into the boundary and let kind of let him go being the physical receiver that um, he can be. And then DeAndre Prince gets the field side, plays over there where they can be free-flowing, and he can use some of his gifts. And then you have other 
players that are coming in. Braxton Myers was an, I think it used to be called an Army All-American, but it was that, it's that game. It's the San Antonio All-American All -American game. So at corner, there, there are people there. At safety, there are people there. That's the benefits of playing a 3-2-6. Those positions are available. Somebody like Ladarius Tennyson, why can't he put on 10 pounds and play more of a linebacker type role? Maybe this defense is going to shift entirely and be more of a 4-2-5 or a 3-3-5, depending on how they do it. I'm not 100% sure. So we'll see exactly how this is done. But West Blankenship, coming from that Alabama system, and Nick Saban is a defensive backs coach. He is a cornerbacks coach. That is the position that makes him the most crazy whenever they struggle at it. So if you are a defensive backs coach playing for Nick Saban, you're going to coach it, you're going to coach it well, and he's going to be looking at everything you do. So West Neighbors coming over to do that. Now, I think that is a safety position. Now, the corner position, we're rumored, and it might take a minute to get in there. But um, just to get his name completely correct, there's another thing, Mark Orphy, um, who is at Rutgers, and I think he's a cornerback coach now. And they're looking at maybe adding him. Now, he won't be added until after the portal. So we're another couple of weeks away. And the reason I think that is is because they don't want to fire um, Chris Partridge. They want to give him time to find the correct job and do what he needs to do and all of this stuff. You know, Chris Partridge, can th um, thank you, man, so much for your service. Um, I understand that you're going to have to move on, and this is a tough business and all of that stuff. But Mark Orphy is at Rutgers. He's a cornerbacks coach. This is the same thing. He's Alabama defensive backs coach. Under Nick Saban, you're going to face a high level of scrutiny. Pete Golding at UTSA coached cornerbacks. The defensive backs get a lot of scrutiny um, in his defense, period. And he has um, before because Nick Saban was also doing that. Basically, um, after a couple of weeks of talking, Golden kind of moved on from Alabama. Alabama may have been wanting to move on. That That's beside the point. It doesn't matter. It could be a win for an Alabama to get rid of him. It could be an uber win for Ole Miss to get him. It, it doesn't have to be negative both ways. If I put it like this. If Ole Miss has a top third defense in college football next season, they win 10 games. With this offense and everything's going on, if they have a top third Defense next season, they do that. And part of that is with the staff changes. Now, you get these people in because in about a month is spring practice. You don't believe that, but we're we are a month, two months away from spring practice starting. So everybody needs to get ready. They need to reacquaint themselves with what they're doing. Um, Mark Orphy has to be reacquainted to the Alabama, the Pete Golding stuff that's being done from the Rutgers stuff, the same thing happen um, with West Neighbors from Maryland. So we will see exactly how that goes. I'm pretty excited about these two potential hires. I think one might have been done and we're waiting on another. The other one is rumored. It's from, the, it's from Football Scoop. That's where I got this from, Football Scoop. So if you have any questions, you know, you can look it up there. So it should be really good as well. Now, 
Today's show is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for your sports betting information, news, stats, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from pro football to college bowl season to basketball. Um, they even did um, World Cup back when it was still going on. They've got it all at betonline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can even find those as well as Bet Online. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. It's Bet Online where the game starts. All right, thanks again for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. Make sure you check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus, here's some big-name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. Hey, they can even talk about how Ole Miss defeated South Carolina last night um, over in South Carolina. I don't know if they're talking about that on Locked On College Basketball, but they could. Yeah, this could be a chance to get there. It was a big win. Um, we're going to have Tim Thomas, by the way, um, t- on tomorrow's show talking about that game. Anyway, Locked On College Basketball is available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Welcome to deadline day. And what I mean by deadline day is the last day that players can go into the portal. That's the really the only thing they have to do, them to go into the portal. Now, this is where I have questions. If they verbally request it at... 5 o'clock in the afternoon, is it still good or do they have to be put into the portal by the school um, by today, tonight? I don't know. I think it is um, if the player requests it, they're good to go um, as long as the official request has been made and they still have 48 hours to get it done. So like we told you, um, an SEC West defensive back, look out for him in the portal. We heard about a safety from LSU, so that was probably him. So keep an eye on with him. Monty Montgomery from Louisville, keep an eye on Ole Miss with him. These are defensive players that are starting to percolate now with Ole Miss. There's a linebacker from Alabama that just got in the portal. Keep an eye on him. Um, I think Deshaun Gaddy from North Texas. If I mispronounce your name, I apologize. Keep an eye on him. You can see the defensive players. I think we um, are just about at the point where we are set offensively. And we'll talk about the commit that we just got um, last night, Victor Kearney, in the third segment. But right now we're talking about deadline day in the portal and what does that look like. Obviously, we're still on Walker Howard watch. Um, that is still going on. If something released after recording, I'm recording at about 10 o'clock Eastern time p.m. So if something comes up later than that, I apologize. But um, we're still waiting on that. We're still waiting on Spencer Sanders. We're still waiting on Tulu Griffin. We're still waiting on several. But we did get the offensive line commit that we were hoping for. And Victor Kernan, we're going to talk about him in the third segment a little bit. So this Ole Miss team offensively, has done equally as well as they did last year if they get Walker Howard in the transfer portal. Now, Zach Evans, that's a wash. The the difference between last year and this year is Ole Miss isn't big fish hunting. They're not big game hunting in the transfer portal. They're they're looking for needs. They're looking for a Chris Marshall. They're looking for a backup quarterback. So it had been a situation where they were looking for a Spencer Sanders. Um, and they just happened to 
potentially land this if it happens. Trey Harris, all-conference player. But the, re- the reason this is such a big deal, last year when we went through the portal, Zach Evans was the bee's knees, essentially. And this year with Quinshawn Judkins, that's not near the same thing. Ulysses Bentley the fourth, coming back. Then you have Kedra Criscano. Your running back room is set. It's taken care of. It's good to go. Two high school kids and a transfer. Wide receiver, you still have Jordan Watkins. You still have Dayton Wade. You still have contributors that are coming back. Plus, you add major playmakers like Chris Marshall, which if his head is on straight, look out. There's Laquan Treadwell all over his game. Trey Harris, an all-conference USA player at Louisiana Tech. Big pickup. Caden Priestcorn, big-time tight end can fit in a massive spot in this offense. You also have Jalen Robinson coming back. Jordan Watkins coming back. There's rumors about Tulu Griffin from Mississippi State. We'll have to see what happens there and if this closes out. But if if he goes in the transfer portal, I'd have to think that Ole Miss is kind of where they want to be um, in the recruitment of him. So we'll see how all of this lands. Ole Miss is at it um, – Quincy McGee on the offensive line recently. That's a big pickup. Ole Miss only lost one player on the offensive line, and that was Nick Broker. He's an all-conference player. He's a good player. It's not. I'm not saying he's not. But Quincy McGee, good player as well. Victor Kearney, good player as well. These are guys that were at least second team all-conference in their conferences. Really, really good players. And a way that this offense can evolve because that's that's all they need to do. They don't need a revolution on the offensive side of the ball. They need an evolution. And if they go back to what Matt Corral was so good at in 2021 and using the middle of the field with the tight end and the slot receiver and the outside guys basically serving the purpose to keep the safeties from coming down and compressing on the tight end and the slot receiver. If you can do that with the run game that Ole Miss is likely to have, you could have a massive Tennessee-style offense. Major numbers could be put up next season, and there's not a lot that needs to be done for it to happen. There's still some pieces they could add to it, but it's talent addition, not needs, not holes. The offense is where they need to be. Now, We're talking about the offensive line. John Garrison's going to see the five that played last year, four, not counting Nick Broker, and probably say, you know what? This guy should be here. This guy should be here. And it's not going to look the same as it did this year. I think um, Jaden Williams, left tackle, has a chance to be a big-time player. Okay, So I think he's safe where he is. Then interior offensive lineman, you have Victor Kearney, you have Quincy McGee, you have Caleb Warren, you have Eli Acker, and those guys going back and forth. I think Micah Pettis might slide down into that realm as well. And I think Jeremy James ends up on the outside and the right side. That offensive line can do some work. Now, one thing we have to be mindful of, especially as fans, because as fans we look at 
these simplistic things. We follow the ball tennis loop. We don't know exactly why something's happening, just that something's happening. So when we see Jackson Dart getting hit over and over and over again, we think we have a pass protection problem. And that's not entirely the case. Now, there are some pass protection that's an issue. Texas Tech absolutely whooped them, and part of that was their inability to use the middle of the field. We'll talk about that ad nauseum for the next six months, okay? But some of it is on the quarterback holding on the ball too long because in this system, most of the blocks are run blocks. So if the quarterback holds the ball too long, or if it's a second or third level RPO that takes time to develop, all of a sudden, you're kind of playing with fire a little bit, and what looks like the quarterback got pressured is either the quarterback held the ball a little bit too long or the RPO read was a little bit too far downfield. So we'll see what John Garrison does. We'll see what this looks like offensively. I think he can look really good. At some point in time last season, it looked disjointed. It didn't look like it normally did. I'm just hoping that it gets back to where it was. Now, Charlie Weiss Jr. is the offensive coordinator at FAU. His first year, they went 6-6 six and six and had a quarterback problem. His second year, they won the conference title. That was the year before Lane Kiffin coming to Ole Miss. So I'm not terribly worried of what, what's going to go on because offensively, they've done a fantastic job in the portal. Defensively, we'll see how they close on deadline day and beyond. Remember, deadline day is just the last day that players can go into the portal. They can be recorded, recruited up into the last drop ad date, which is probably 1st or 2nd of February. So keep an eye out for that. So when we come back, we will talk about Victor Kearney, Washington Husky offensive lineman that committed to your Ole Miss Rebels right after this. All right, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. Sign up for YouTube by subscribing to the channel. Hit the bell for notifications so you'll be notified whenever we release a new video, which happens fairly frequently. And, of course, upvote the video itself and participate in the conversation down below by commenting on the video. Victor Kearney, an offensive lineman from Washington, he's a guy who's playing time diminished under the new staff. Whenever they changed offense and became a much more free-flowing passing offense under Michael Penix, um, they beat Texas, I believe, in the Alamo Bowl, um, his, Victor Kearney's playing time diminished a little bit. But the year before, he was a second-team all-conference player as a tackle. Now, many people project him as an interior offensive lineman. Maybe that's because of his size. Maybe they just know something that I don't know. I haven't necessarily studied him over and over again, but if he can play tackle, if he can play guard, and he has that versatility, and he's good, he has a space on this offensive line because they need people that can honestly do both. Now, I, I did admit that part of Ole Miss's problem last year was not having an interior offensive line and an exterior offensive line. It was kind of a mix and match of all place, pieces. We'll see exactly what this looks like. Is Victor Kearney could be a right tackle, and to where all he is is just a rotational tackle. And then you have Quincy McGee as the interior offensive lineman that rotates around and can do all of that stuff. And that is what they want. We'll have to see that. We'll get an idea of it, honestly, after the spring game. 
a little bit once we see substitution patterns or what they do and how it looks because I do think that Lane Kiffin needs to use the roster he has. I think he needs to trust them a little bit more. Don't play such a small group, which they do because of tempo. Trust the receivers. Get a rotation, even by series, if you need to do it. Give, give, give an offensive lineman a series and get them ready to go and extend that from playing 30 players a game to 40 or 45 players a game. If you can do that, just seven on offense, seven on defense, I think you're going to be in better shape than you were in 2022. This is a supremely talented team. It was one of the, it is the most talented team in my lifetime that has played for Ole Miss. Now, the end of the season was garbage. I think we all admit that. But this team has massive amounts of talent. They just have to use it. They just have to access it. Michael Trigg, if he wakes up and Caden Priestcorn, that is a one-two weapon at tight end that Ole Miss has not had in my lifetime. If on the outside, Dayton Wade, you're like, where is he going to end up? Which, by the way, I think he might end up in the slot. I don't know. Him and Jordan Watkins and Jalen Robinson, they're going to fight it out in spring and in early fall. But one of those guys, um, I think, is going to take a step. But Chris Marshall, Trey Harris, heck, Brandon Buckhalter, Jeremiah Dillon, that is somebody to keep an eye on. He has a chance to be a real player in this system. Um, Larry Simmons has a chance. Aiden Williams. Everybody's sleeping on Aiden because he's a freshman. He is somebody that is likely going to come in and play early. So if you have Chris Marshall, Trey Harris, and Aiden Williams, and two of those three are going to be on the field for most of the snaps, who's it going to be? It's going to be good for somebody like Chris Marshall to have to focus and basically drill down in what he needs to do. But I'm pretty fired up about tons of stuff that could go on um, on the offensive side of the ball. That is reason the reason this Pete Golding stuff is so important and why I'm so fired up about it. Because at Alabama, they're complaining because he had a top 10 defense instead of a top 5 defense. And... There are certain things to where the defense was stressed because of the explosivity of the offense. The defense became much more stressed as it went on. But at Ole Miss, if Pete Golden can just put together defense and the talent, they're going to be able to get the talent. Whether through the transfer portal or through high school recruiting, they are going to be able to get the talent. And he can hold this defense to where it is a top third top quarter defense nationally, Ole Miss is winning 10 games. Ole Miss is going to be in a game with um, Alabama next year. The Georgia game is going to be a fight. There's not a game on the schedule next year that if in that scenario, Ole Miss can't win. Now, you can also paint a scenario to where it looks completely different. Before last season, we talked about this team has the talent to go 11-1. This team has the chance to go six and six. We talked about both of those. And this one is real similar. 11 and one, they can beat everybody on their schedule. They can lose to about six teams. So whenever we do the, 
hey, this is what the personnel looks from spring practice, and we're going to dig in over and over again because this is primarily an Ole Miss football podcast. We will talk other sports. And By the way, congratulations to the Rebels tonight for beating the South Carolina Gamecocks um, over in South Carolina. Tim Thomas will be on the show tomorrow talking about that game. But it's going to be a massive, massive, massive year. This is a team that is building and building to where now I guess you can say they're building towards 2024. Because last year, I told you, they were building towards 2023. Massively talented team. All of that talent is back where it wants to be. But the defense becomes a little bit of a question mark, a little bit of a transition If Pete Golding can put that defense together to where it performs well, this could be a really good football team. Even as it sits right now, even as it's constructed right now, if they don't, if they find holes in spring practice that doesn't fit exactly what Pete wants to do, this could be a 7-5 and team. It'll be real interesting to see what they do and how they do it. Anyway, thanks again for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. Make sure you check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus, hear from big name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. It's Locked On College Basketball. It's available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We are going to keep doing Walker Howard Watch. We are going to keep looking at who gets in the transfer portal at the moment. So I'm pretty fired up about that. So anyway, I will talk to you tomorrow, and I hope everybody has a good day. Until then, hotty toddy.